extracts to work from. There was a chemical plant nearby, with an ambitious young lab assistant eager to help him. Together, they worked rapid fire. Caustic solutions burning too deep, milder compounds not penetrating scarred flesh. Danny jotted chemical symbols on a notepad as he read. He pictured himself as Maslik's assistant, working side by side with the great criminologist who would give him a fatherly embrace every time he made a brilliant logical jump. Soon he was transposing the scorched nativity scene kids against his reading, going solo, lifting prints off tiny fingers, double-checking them against birth records, the hospital precaution they took in case newborns got switched around. Boss, we got a hot one. Danny glanced up. Hosford, a uniformed deputy working the northeast border of the division, was in the doorway. What? Why didn't you call it in? I did, you mustn't have- Danny pushed his text and notepad out of sight. What is it? Man down. I found him. Allegro, a half mile up from the strip. Jesus, dog, you ain't never seen nut. You stay here. I'm going. Allegro Street was a narrow residential road half Spanish bungalow courts, half building sites fronted by signs promising deluxe living in the Tudor, French provincial, and streamlined modern styles. Danny drove up it in his civilian car, slowing when he saw a barrier of sawhorses with red blinkers, three black and whites parked behind it, their headlights beaming out into a weed-strewn vacant lot. He left his Chevy at the curb and walked over, a knot of deputies in rain slickers were pointing flashlights at the ground. Cherry lamp glow fluttered over a sign for the Allegro Plantation Arms, full tenancy by spring 1951. The prowler's low beams crisscrossed the lot, picking out booze empties, sodden lumber, and paper debris. Danny cleared his throat. One of the men wheeled and pulled his gun, spastic twitchy. Danny said, easy, Gibbs. It's me, Upshaw. Gibbs reholstered his piece. The other cops separated. Danny looked down at the corpse, felt his knees buckle, and made like a criminologist so he wouldn't pass out or vomit. Deffrey, Henderson, keep your lights on the decedent. Gibbs, write down what I say verbatim. Dead male Caucasian, nude. Approximate age, 30 to 35. The cadaver is lying supine, the arms and legs spread, there are ligature marks on the neck, the eyes have been removed, and the empty sockets are extruding a gelatinous substance. Danny squatted by the corpse. Deffrey and Henderson moved their flashlights in to give him some close-ups. The genitals are bruised and swollen. There are bite marks on the glands of the penis. He reached under the dead man's back and felt wet dirt. He touched the chest near the heart got skin and a residue of body heat. There is no precipitation on the cadaver, and since it rained heavily between midnight and 3 a.m., we can assume the victim was placed here within the past hour. A siren wailed toward the scene. Danny grabbed Deffrey's flashlight and went in extra close, examining the worst of it. There is a total of six oval, irregular, circumscribed wounds on the torso between the navel and ribcage, Shredded flesh outlines the perimeters, entrails coated with congealed blood extruding from them. The skin around each wound is inflamed, directly outlining the shred marks, and Henderson said, Icky's sure as shit. Danny felt his textbook spiel snap. 
What are you talking about? Henderson sighed. You know, love bites. Like when a dame starts sucking on your neck. Gibbsy, show plain clothes here what that hat check girl at the Blue Room did to you Christmas. Gibbs chuckled and kept writing. Danny stood up, pissed at being patronized by a flunky harness bull. Not talking made the stiff sucker punch him. His legs were rubber and his stomach was flip-flops. He flashed the five-cell at the ground surrounding the dead man, saw that it had been thoroughly trampled by LASD-issue brogans and that the prowl cars had obliterated any possible tire tracks. Gibbs said, I ain't sure I got all them words spelled right. Danny found his textbook voice. It doesn't matter. Just hold on to it and give it to Captain Dietrich in the morning. But I'm off at eight. The skipper don't come in till ten, and I got ball tickets. Sorry, but you're staying here until Daywatch relieves you or the lab techs show up.